Welcome to Happy Hour with the Home Collective. We are your hosts, Bill Ball, Dina Suriano, and Kristen McFeely. Today we're going to be joined by Jen Jordan. She's from Slayton Hearth, and they specialize in short-term rental property management like Airbnb and VRBO. But first, it's 5 o'clock. It's happy hour. What are you ladies drinking today? All right, I'm doing, as Dina would call it, a dad beer. Got a Guinness. I'm drinking Guinness. Guinness is oh, one of my yeah. one of my go-tos. I love Guinness. I don't know if you can see the Classic. Yep. Guinness is one of my go-tos. I just had a Guinness Saturday night for the first time in oh, a yeah? long time. And if you yeah. guys had seen this pour, I've made the perfect pour, as you can see. Yeah. And if you had seen it about two minutes ago, you would have seen the cascading waterfall. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. It's just a, it's a thing to be seen. The right. cascading waterfall. Waterfall. <laughs> I feel like you have to watch the cascade. Mm-hmm. That's part of the drinking experience yeah. of a Guinness, which I guess goes back to, you know, the visualization <laughs> <laughs> that I was making fun of you two mm-hmm. ladies about. Yeah. Last episode. Yeah, exactly. So joke's on mm-hmm. me exactly. again. Dean, how about you? You know, I'm piggybacking off of the dad beer. I'm drinking my favorite beer. Which, oh, if you know me, yeah, wow. oh, yeah. that's your fave. It's the, the Modelo. Modelo. Um, yeah, in the can, in the can, in the can. Uh, as my grandmother would say, I'm not classy, not classy, <laughs> <You're> not classy. <laughs> at all. Uh, I, I, if I'm in, if I'm at a bar and they're like, "Do you want us to pour it in the glass?" I'm like, "No, I'm a garbage person. Give me the can. Save <laughs> your glassware for someone who's fancier." So yeah, I mean, it's my go-to. It's always in my house, always in the fridge. Right now, it's on the porch. I don't know if you guys know about that. Yeah, staying cold, cold outside. Yeah, yeah Even sure. Even though it was beautiful outside today, you guys. it was nice today. It was. You know, it was nice. Sunny. Which this is a good. This is an all-season beer for Yeah, me. see, I feel like Modelo reminds me of summer beer to me. Yeah. It feels like a summer, yeah. like me on too. the beach or something. Yeah, me too. It's hard, it's a, I'm sure. It's so, it's positive, you know? Yeah. yeah. But um, what about you, Bill? Well, I'm drinking bourbon <laughs> oh, as usual. Uh, but I'm drinking some- Get this man a sponsorship. <laughs> I know, this is <laughs> I, You know, I know. Well, it's, it's February, yeah, so, right? you know. Oh, it's a different type, Please, if you I must so. know. Yeah, it's Buffalo Trace, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. amazing. It's 80 proof, right in my wheelhouse. Had to get away from those 100 and, you know, 110 proofs from the previous weeks. But uh, Buffalo Trace is delicious. Anyway, uh, cheers. Happy, happy, happy hour, happy ladies. So today we're going to be talking to uh, Jen Jordan from uh, Slayton Hearth. And um, what's interesting about it is we're going to be talking about Airbnb from the homeowner's perspective, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, usually we're we're looking at it from the tenant's perspective, but uh, Jen is an expert in dealing with Airbnb, so that is uh, kind of exciting for us. So we're happy that she's coming on. Uh, I'm sure you ladies have done some airbnb in yeah. your day. Yeah. So for anybody who knows me even a little bit, you know that I'm, I kind of have like a little bit of an obsession with this. I'm really kind of like, I have, want to have a, a second, third, maybe fourth career in hospitality. And I have this like dream of buying like a defunct campground somewhere and doing like repurposing all the little cabins as, um, you know, cute little Airbnbs and then having a lodge and having a tavern and the whole thing. <laughs> That's like someday. But anyway, I am kind of obsessed with, this whole, you know, 
cool Airbnb kind of vibe. And every time we go somewhere and we stay somewhere, Billy's always like, are you here doing research or are you really here to hang out? Um, Because I (laughs) I really feel like that someday I will have this. But um, yeah, I've stayed in some really cool Airbnbs and I, I, I um I love them. Uh, we were talking recently. We were just kind of talking at the beginning of the show about how um you know Airbnbs when they first came out was were such a strange concept, kind of like Uber, mm-hmm. like sleeping in someone else's house or getting mm-hmm. in somebody else's car. Like who would go for that? But now it's just such a it's commonplace. We do Airbnb every year in um in Cape Cod. We go every summer. We we go two weeks. We do one. Airbnb week and then the other week we stay in the same place every year in Wallfleet. Um, we did Airbnbs, Billy and I, um, we did a road trip up the Pacific Coast Highway and we stayed in Airbnbs. That oh, was really cool. awesome in California. We've done, um, we did a really cool Airbnb in Lake George, New York this time last year. It was, you know, pandemic time and it was a little place we were able to kind of escape to and get away from everything. So that was pretty cool. But um, yeah, I love I love the idea of Airbnb. Yeah, me too. The first time I stayed in Airbnb, it was like four, maybe, no, it was like five years ago, where in Seattle, and it was like in a multi-unit building, and it was just like one of the units, and it was the first like keypad lock I've ever dealt with. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is fancy. I don't (laughs) even know what this, you know what I mean? And I was like, this is nuts. And you guys know we were in... Palm Springs this past summer for the bachelorette trip. And that was pretty much a compound in the middle of the desert. That looked like the most amazing place ever. Dude, they have weddings there. I mean, massive pool. There were like three, I want to say it was like two or three properties connected. And we were in the main suite and there was like another bed. It was, it was amazing. Like, I just feel like every city at the opportunities are endless and like, Every property could be an Airbnb, mm-hmm. and it's just fascinating. There's so I feel like I can't wrap my head around the the process, and so I'm excited to talk to Jen because super I excited. have so many questions. You know what I was just thinking as you were talking? I, I think I told you this, but for your wedding, before you decided to book. Um, Because for everyone who doesn't know, Dina got married right outside of Ocean City, New Jersey um, last August. And before you decided to book a room like a block at the Borgata, Mm -hmm. and we were kind of on our own figuring out where we were going to stay, I had actually booked, and I lost a little bit, I lost a deposit on this too. But I had actually booked, it's fine, I booked um, an Airstream trailer that was that was on Airbnb because I was like, this will be so cool, this will be so great. And then I realized as the time was ticking, like, it's August 21st, right? Wasn't it? August? Yeah. Yes. And I was like, it's going to be really hot. There's no mm-hmm. AC in this thing. We're going to be getting ready for a wedding mm-hmm. in it. Like it it lost all of its like kitsch really fast. And then you were like, we're getting a block at the Borgata. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. You're like, count <laughs> me in. Can you imagine <laughs> staying in the Airstream during the hurricane? Oh, that exactly. It, and then it, of course it was a hurricane, but I didn't know that when I booked it, but that would have been insane. <laughs> insane. I'm so glad. I remember us having like this panic attack when we were trying to figure out where we were staying yeah. for Dina's wedding. Like before Borgata came up, like we were like, where are we staying? So I, we were on Airbnb looking for places. We couldn't find anything. And then I think Dina like came through with the, uh, with the room block. 
Yeah. And we jumped on yeah. that. Right, and right, you guys, right. <laughs> we were like, Dean, tell us as soon as that happens because we're right. We I did. Room. Yeah. You had the inside scoop, but yeah, that's, yeah, yeah you hooked us up. I won't tell nobody. <laughs> this won't air. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing about Airbnb too. Like, especially at the shore, you, I feel like everything books up so quickly and it's so old school down there for the most part where they have these small brokerages and you have to like book through them this time of year. So now's a great time to be thinking about like, what are our other options? What can we do? How how do you really, like what's the inside scoop? I'm always looking for the inside scoop. And down the shore, for example, I personally don't think there's that much outside of the standard stereotypical rental like I don't know. We've gotten lucky in Ocean City the last two years, um, but we go in like September, yeah, like right around Sheena's birthday, so my wife's birthday, so it's towards the end of September, and two years in a row, we got two great places. I, I know technically summer's over, so that's probably why it opened up, but we would. I think we stayed two years in a row at two different Airbnbs, and I think we did two or three nights each time. Nice. It was well, awesome. Damn, maybe I'm great. wrong then. Well, maybe during midsummer Labor Day, or, or, totally. or like prime yeah. time, you know, prime summer, it's probably I way also harder. I never had to think about it because my family had yeah. lived down there. So yeah. what do I know? It's you know what I mean? Locals you're, only. Yeah. You're local. okay. Rich family and you don't have to worry <laughs> okay. about it. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I'm like a Drake song. You know what I mean? Start from the bottom over here. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next uh, is Jen Jordan. Joining us now is Jen Jordan. She is the owner of Slate and Hearth, which is a full-service short-term rental hosting company specializing in Airbnb and VRBO rentals. Thanks so much for joining us, Jen. Thank you. Hey, Jen. Thanks so much. I am so excited about this because we were just talking about it. We feel like we get so many clients who want to buy investment properties and um, you know, rent them out for Airbnb. And we're always sort of at a loss with what to tell them and the rules and regulations and what that entails. So having you here is I'm super excited. And, and I'm, and I think probably at least for Dina and I, we, we might want to do this ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, so so, yeah, we're really, we're thrilled to have you. Cool. Glad to be here. And things are changing. So this is a good, good time to talk about it. Okay, cool. Great. So I think that um, all of us here have actually used Airbnb on the tenant side. So we really have no clue how it works on the homeowner side. Could you give us like an overview of what a homeowner could expect when they first start to think about putting their property on Airbnb and uh, what the requirements might be? When you're an Airbnb host, you have to remember that you're in hospitality. So you are the innkeeper, whatever that means, whether someone's renting a room in your home or whether someone's renting your entire place. I first started renting my entire place. I was spending time traveling a lot on the weekends. I was a high school teacher. So I had an empty house and it was cute. It was in Fishtown and like people wanted to start coming to Fishtown. So I put it up on Airbnb. This was in 2016 when Airbnb was first starting. I put my house up. I created a listing. I took some kind of bad photos, honestly, um, <laughs> with my iPhone. And now iPhones are better. You can take photos and they look okay. But I took some photos. I wrote a listing. I saw what was on the market around and I set some prices and I opened my calendar when I was away and people started booking. And at first I was kind of nervous. Like, are these people going to like, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to be in, like in my bed? And you know, all of these. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I put away important tax documents. I put away like anything that I was 
didn't want people to touch. I had it in the second bedroom. I locked it up and I had the under lock and key. I used to hide a key under a brick next to my stoop. Like it was, it was very informal. <laughs> These days there's electronic locks. So you would get your house ready. So you would need like extra sheets, extra towels, like nice stuff for guests. You know, you might, you might want to have like a couple of, of beers in the fridge or, you know, like whatever makes your place special, you know, you want to have a welcome book. So you're going to prepare your house. Um, if you're doing it kind of on your own, then you'd list it and you'd answer questions. People were messaging like, Hey, like I'm coming in for this and that. And ask them questions, see who they are, read their reviews. And then people were in your place and you tell them how to get in. You tell them the Wi-Fi, and then Airbnb pays you. Um, in a nutshell, that's what it is. Is it pretty informal process with the website, you know, to get your property on or do they dig deep into anything or is there any kind of like standards? I mean, you know, anything that they would frown upon or, or not want on their site? There are like yurts, there are penthouses, there's, and there's everything in between. Um, Airstream trailers. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost stayed in an Airstream trailer. Dean is wedding down ashore. Yeah. Yep. So it's informal. Um, you do want to make sure that it has like running water. Um, yeah. <laughs> and some people have mother-in-law suites. I once stayed in Toronto, like in someone's mother-in-law suite basement thing. And, you know, it's, it's informal or, or it can be really high end luxury. So it runs the full spectrum. Do homeowners have any say in who rents their place? Is there ever a time where they can deny someone? How does that work? So when you're setting up your profile, there's like kind of the wham, bam, like just click and do it. Like just add the photos and boom, there it is. Or you can kind of go deeper and like there are so many settings and it's kind of hidden on Airbnb and you have to kind of pull down menus and this and that. And like you're always kind of like looking for like the next place. So when you first list your put your listing up, it'll just give you the quick and easy version. Usually I like to say, go in there, you know, make sure you're putting a cleaning fee so you can get, you can get some professional cleaners in um, after the guests come in and you're going to want to put these like rules in, you know, you want to make sure that your guests are, you know, not smoking in bed and or smoking inside your house. It's your place. So you set the rules. If you don't want someone to bring a pet, it's not a pet friendly place. So you mm -hmm. can set the rules. You can set the vibe. It can be as informal or, or, or not like, you know, depends on, on your property and what you're going for. So people will message you and they'll say, Oh, I'm coming in. And you're like, okay, well you seem like you're talking like an 18 year old. So you're just like in high school, you can kind of tell like when someone messages you and it's prom season. No, you're not renting my house. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Party. Yeah. I usually ask tons of questions like, who are you? Where are you coming from? Who are you traveling with? If you're traveling with a family, how old are the kids? You know, like all of these questions and they have to pass the test. I'm not, I don't really like to get people with no reviews just because I want to have that credibility. You know, you, Airbnb has the re reviews for a reason. Um, so you can definitely say no. I do not recommend instant book. And that's like, if you go online, Expedia, you can like just rent a hotel room. Airbnb isn't like that. It's definitely a place where it's, Every place is different. Every person is, is different. And you want to have that good match. Yeah. Because I know like as a person booking Airbnb, you you book it and then it says, you know, the host will get back to you to confirm or something like that. So there, it's not like an instant confirmation. Even if you book your week and it's available or whatever it is you're booking, yeah. um, they always have to get back to you. And then there's a little spot to leave a message for the host so that you can say like, oh, we're traveling and we're 
you know, we're here in town for this and blah, blah, blah. And you can kind of promote, try to promote yourself a little bit, I guess, but I've never seen it on the other end. So I guess you're receiving that as the host and deciding whether or not that person seems legit. Yeah. Or even just a good fit. You know, some, some houses have spiral staircase. And if you're coming with your toddler, it's not the good, it's not a good place for you. Your toddler's head's stuck. They're going to fall down. It's, it's not a good look. Yeah. They're going to stick their head in the railing. We don't need (laughs) any of that. Yeah. So you can't see someone's photo when they first inquire and you can't see someone's last name. So you just see their first name. That's just for privacy. I mean, I I would assume with Airbnb, they have to abide by like fair housing laws and things like that. Or do they not? They say they do. Like you have to take a service animal and you have to not, not discriminate. But for a lot of our properties, we don't rent to anyone under 25. And that's just because of our like um, business insurance. And it's like renting a car. You know, you don't want a whippersnap. Yeah, exactly. A Dina type. No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jen, so that's awesome. You used to live in Fishtown. That's where I live. I'm curious about Airbnb, potentially, you know, becoming a host someday. If I ever move to the suburbs, maybe we would Airbnb our house. So I don't know what it takes to start an Airbnb. Could you kind of shed some light on that? If I was, if I own my house and I'm thinking about start, what does it take to start? So we have a shopping list that we usually start with. You know, this is what you need. You need, you know, the waterproof mattress protector. You need the extra sheets. You need the extra towels, the hand towels, you know, make sure you have some good quality knives in your kitchen. You know, it's like all those kind of house odds and ends stuff. The once your house is set, there's some new laws coming in April um, 2022 in uh, just a little while. And this is where the city says you need to have CMX three or above. However, you can apply for a variance, go in and you say, I want to change use. So you put a change of use application in and you will get denied. And that's part of the process. So a lot of people go in and they're like, oh, I was denied up. I quit. Keep going. Hmm. You're going to file an appeal. The city's going to look at it again. And then grant you a variance. And this can be either one to three years. The application cost for this is $100 or $150. In April, L&I says there's going to be a new website. Once you have the zoning, then you go online and you pay like another fee and you you get a license for a short-term rental, limited lodging license. That it, You'll get a number um, a license number and you, you'll put it on your listing. Yeah, currently. And you also have to do a lead paint, a lead paint test. It is a kind of a hurdle and they're trying to shut down the party houses, which I totally get because who needs it? So this is something new we're navigating and we have called the city there. You can make an appointment with the zoning office and um, license office and uh, they do a Zoom. Like it's not a face-to-face, you won't see anybody, but you know, you cop on a call and you ask them questions and maybe they can help. So let's say we go through all that and then, you know, okay, we, we're a host now. Are there a certain yep. amount of like calendar days our property needs to be booked? Not if you have the variance. So if you have the variance, you can rent unlimited. If you're an owner, you don't have to do that whole zoning thing if you are an owner and you're owner occupied. Owner occupied. So if you were going away for whatever vacation and you wanted to open up those dates that you weren't going to be home, you don't need to abide by it. So this is for in strictly investment property. Or if, um, if you, you know, you, yeah, an investment or if you just moved out of the city or you have another place in the city and you have this little house or, you know, you want to rent it on Airbnb, that's, that's when it changes a little bit. Let's say we pass all those checkpoints, right? What 
would set your property apart? You can recommend the number one thing. Well, the number one thing, you want your property to be clean. Um, <laughs> that goes above everything. You want it to be clean. But you have there has to be something that makes it special. So I have a property in Fairmount. These two artists, they're in their 60s. They have a funky place. It is like 90s vibe, funky, like art on the wall. It's like staying in an art gallery. And people love it because it's like this loft, like wood wood on the walls, like peak ceilings, like skylights. It It's funky. Like it's cool. So having something that's like not cookie cutter, you have to have something that sets it apart. So granite countertops, like stainless steel, like it's all kind of a dime, dime a dozen lately. Want to have something that's like special, like what makes it special? Like roof decks. Yeah, but kind of everyone has a roof deck. Like maybe you have a sauna or maybe there's a hot tub like out back uh, on, the, on the patio and you know, having that little something special make, really makes a difference. I would think it would be cool too, like depending on where you are. I've so many. I've stayed in so many Airbnbs. I feel like depending on where you are, sometimes people go the extra mile and like, you know, have the kitchen set up with like coffee from the local coffee place with like a, you know, or like um, beer in the fridge from the local brewery or just that kind of stuff. Because you, you have to assume that most people who are coming to stay are not from Philly, not from the area. So you're kind of showing them this cool place I stayed in Austin. They had like a whole book of like places to go and music to go see. And like just it was so neat. And they had all these um, branded, they had soaps from like a local soap place. They had, you know, like just everything, lotion and the bathroom. They had um, from a local place, the coffee. It was just everything about it was like curated so perfectly. This is when my husband's like, you're here to do research. You're not here to <laughs> totally. actually stay. <laughs> the whole time I'm like taking photos of everything. I'm like, I got to remember this. I got to remember this. But um, but I it's so I, I love that kind of stuff. I think you can get so creative with it and it make it so cool and different. Yeah. So even if your place isn't not it's not about the place that makes it special, but your the hospitality is makes it special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. All right, Jen, give us an overview of your services and uh, what people could expect by reaching out to you. So first, when um, people reach out, they um, usually go on our website, uh, slatonhearth.com, and send an inquiry over. We only work with a couple people at a time, like brand new, just because we want to really get to know the homes inside and out. And we find this to be more of a relationship and like we're a team that works that we work together you know like this is your investment this is your home but we're the stewards of it we're taking care of it and we want to make sure that we're all successful once you reach out you write a questionnaire like what what you're interested in like if you're just interested in consulting like some people want to talk to me and like say hey how can i make my listing better i've been you know hosting for like 6 months and it's not really that great or you know i want to make it better so there's, I do consulting um, to kind of help boost up the listing and guide people on how to take better photos or, you know, how to screen people and all those like little things that I've learned along those years and like, you know, making mistakes. And so you don't have to. Some people want full service. So we offer full service property management and we take care of everything. When you first start with us, we'll get to know the house. We'll write a manual for like the house, what kind of batteries are in the electronic lock, what kind of batteries are in the smoke detector or remote controls. Like we have a file that has everything. So in case, you know, the cleaner's like, oh, the smoke alarm is chirping, we come over and we 
change out the smoke detector, but we don't have to climb up and, you know, get the smoke detector down and then run to the store and all of this. So we try to be as like efficient as possible. So we write the manual for the house. Um, We get photos taken. We write the listing on Airbnb. We get everything set up. And then now with the new zoning, we make sure the house is um, zoned properly and, you know, homeowners do that side of it, but we make sure that everything is good and we send, um, send links and, you know, give ideas of like how to write in the little bubble, like question, like, oh, what is this for? Oh, change of use for short-term rental. You know, like we give them the cues and kind of help guide um, owners. How about once the listing is live? Um, once the listing is live, then we message guests. Like they'll, they'll ask us questions and we'll answer them. And, you know, we'll screen out the guests, the good ones, the bad ones, the ones that are questioning just for questions, you know, some, there are some of those guests too. Once the guests are all booked, then we make sure that they have check-in information. We're on call 24 seven. We are available if they need anything or um, if they are stuck, locked out, whatever the case may be. And then after they leave, we schedule cleaners. We have trained our cleaners to clean properties in like an Airbnb style. It's uh, more like housekeeping and, you know, staging a property. You know, I don't know if you've ever had cleaners at your house. They might, a cleaning company might send a different cleaner every time and every, every time is a little different and you don't, you know, some cleaner will, you know, do this or that. And you, we, we all, we want everyone on our team to do everything exactly the same um, and have that same level of quality. So after the cleaners leave, then we send an inspector to the home to like just double check the house. Um, one stray hair can like ruin someone's day. Um, and even if the cleaner did a perfect job, hair might be in the in the air. And then when they walk out the door, it could land on the sink and you know, ruin someone's <laughs> Oh my God, that's so true though. That's so true. If I walked into an Airbnb and found a stray hair, I'd flip. <laughs> Yeah. So they white glove it. They're just like, (laughs) I want that job. How do I do that? Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. I have a lot of hair on my head. I would ruin (laughs) it. Dina, there's a surcharge for Dina when she's coming. Raise that number. You know what I mean? Pet deposit. Yeah. (laughs) Was there a golden retriever in here? No, that was me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, it's definitely cool, especially for Philly with the laws changing that you do offer to walk a homeowner that's starting out for the first time through putting in these applications to get going. I mean, that's huge. So you do everything from consultation to full service. Yep. And we also don't... um nickel and dime people. I know that um, some models, uh, like this business model is set up like, oh, you want a la carte this and that. Like we just do it all. Um, We take out the trash. We're, you know, pulling weeds in the front. You know, like we're, we're not like, oh, you want us to do this? Like, okay, extra. Hmm. You know, like we have a standard set. Like, of course, if you want us to wait for like, say if the water, water meter, like that's really not guest related if the water meter needs to be checked out. But if we have the the ability, you know, if you want to hire our team to sit and, you know, wait for the water guy, like we'll help you out. But usually we're not nickel and diamond you for like normal things. Should there be an issue, there is the host guarantee. It's now uh, called um, air cover and it's, you can write a claim. It's basically like a little insurance policy where you can write a claim if a guest, you know, breaks a part of your fridge, you know, like the glass in the fridge, they put a casserole, it broke, like no big deal. Like we'll get it fixed and we'll message the guest and like get that whole process and we'll get a replacement for your fridge, you know, so not the whole fridge, but just the drawer because they sell those parts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of our service as well. Yeah. So we, 
we do it all. <laughs> yeah. Jen, are you just in Philadelphia? We're in um, Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh. We had a client who um, has a place in Pittsburgh and we're like, hey, like, I know you have a place and you're, you travel a lot. Like, do you have a person? And she was our client here in Philly. She sold the house and she's like, actually, we have a person that we don't love. So if you're willing and I have a, I had a few friends in Pittsburgh and I'm like, Hey, do you want to do this? And they're like, yeah. So we have a branch in Pittsburgh and we also have a branch in uh, Washington state. Oh, so, wow. That's same really kind cool. of thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, a little, uh, how simple. many people do you have on your staff? Like, are you, are you physically running around and doing a lot of stuff? Uh, or are you more like behind the scenes at this point? I'm definitely behind the scenes, um, running the show and, um, it depends. Like, so in the summer we're, we're slammed and we have tons of cleaners and tons of inspectors. And, and then in, in the winter, January kind of hit us hard with, uh, COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's, it ebbs and flows. So we have a team and we have hands on deck, like it's a little lighter. So, you know, it's so cool when, when you're renting Airbnbs in Philly or when you're a host in areas with more seasons, like when there's winter, there are fewer reservations. Totally. No matter totally. what. Yeah. 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 Unless yeah. you're like in the mountains, like skiing and whatnot. Do you do, speaking of the mountains, do you do like the Poconos or do you do uh, down the shore or anything like that? No, we're not there. Um, we did have a couple places down the shore, but there is a kind of a deep rooted tradition of having like the week to week and having the real estate agents do it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really hard to break into that scene. And I think that the regulations are, are tough, tough down there. I would, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is the coolest service. I think it's, if I had an, if I had an Airbnb, I would be calling you in a moment, in a second. I mean, I just think this is such a cool service because I, that's, I think that's what's always stopped me from doing it is just like, Oh my gosh, it's like another full time. It's truly another full time job. Can you imagine? You have to like all the laundry and the cleaning and just everything that is part of this. So, I mean, what a service. What a, what a great niche thanks I think that's what stops a lot of people is that while the internet's great and you got you have everything at your fingertips for something like this sometimes you like to have like a belly to belly somebody to talk to somebody to walk you through this kind of thing mm-hmm. and when Jen did this presentation for us at our compass office I think it was 2019 we were all kind of like looking at each other like this is actually unique and cool Jen role play with me here if I'm out looking to invest you know I want to get an Airbnb looking at properties, what should I be looking for? How do I start my search? What do you recommend? Yep. So you're going to want to be where people want to (laughs) be. So you're going to want to be near a coffee shop. You're going to want to be near restaurants, something walkable. Mm -hmm. And some think of someone like coming in from like a cornfield in the Midwest. Like what are they thinking? What are they seeing? No, just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Mary. It's a true story. (laughs) No. You know, what's, what's normal to us is not normal to everyone. You want to think about like where people want to be, coffee shops, like, you know, good, good places like entertainment, something that's like also hospitals are, are pretty good um, a place because people, you know, always are visiting people. And you want to also think about like concerts because a lot of concerts happen on the weekdays here. Oh, yeah. So you can like draw the people in. So you're going to want to think about like activities, that kind of thing. And then also think about size. So usually larger places do not equal better because they're only rented on the weekends when people are traveling in groups. So 
something a little smaller, maybe a two bedroom, maybe a multi unit and something that's, you know, just a little like a couple could could um, come together. Two couples could come like, you know, maybe a family, something you don't want, like to attract like the bachelor party like that or the bachelorette party. Okay. Just saying. That does make sense. Wait, that's (laughs) exciting because I was, I'm just, you know, I was thinking like, I don't know, maybe our house is too small. I mean, it's a two bedroom. Perfect. I think it's perfect, Dina. That's exactly what people want. What if your basement is kind of scary? What do you do? Just lock Uh, it? Lock it. If there is the washer and dryer is down there and we need to do laundry, put a keypad code on it, make it different than the front door code and you're in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because having a key on, like a lock key, then you have to hide the key because you, you don't know who's going to be in there. If you need to send maintenance, like say if your mom needs to go in the whatever, you're like boop boop boop. Just you want the the keypad. That's numbers. smart. What if your street's a little loud though? Get a noise. I love this. Oh, a noise machine. What a great solution. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. If the Betsy Ross house was an Airbnb, <laughs> what would the what would you recommend the nightly fee be? Well, the historic aspect is really a, a draw see so people, <laughs> yeah they're really wanting to come um i'm thinking at least like between 500 and 700 a night big money i don't know is there running water that's there? what i want to know is there running water is there they that think that there's public. you know the heat is cold you know powered isn't by it, coal isn't still. it better if it's not like you get the full historic experience <laughs> Right? You run across the street to the Starbucks to use the bathroom. Yeah. You run well, outside in your skivvies. Yeah, right in your bathroom, skivvies. Run back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, you, oh sure. that's a good right. That's a good. We'll, we'll let Betsy's um, family know. Okay. <laughs> we'll see Dina standing outside the Betsy Ross house trying to Airbnb it now. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you 700. Oh, man. <laughs> Jen, thanks for coming. This was so yeah, informative. Jen, thank you so much. This was awesome. Jen, where where can our listeners find you? Are you on social media? Yeah, so we are on social media. We're, we have a website, uh, slateandhearth.com. Instagram, we have two Instagrams. We have one, Slate and Hearth, um, at Slate and Hearth, and then we have Slate and Hearth host um, for those of those, those listeners who are wanting to, to kind of branch out and do it themselves. It's more like host tips, whereas Slate and Hearth is more f- for the guests. Cool. Yeah. Jen, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and uh, we hope to come back soon. Oh, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. Thanks, Jen. All right, Hot Topics. So I came across this article on Fortune.com, and there is this real estate website that is backpedaling on their – original 2022 housing forecast. You guys, I don't know if you saw this, Mm -hmm. but they're saying that their housing forecast is way off and they are now predicting home prices to spike 16%. What, nationwide? Yeah, nationwide. Nationwide. As opposed to like 11, I think is what they were originally saying, right? Yep, yep. So they're going to set, they're set to spike 16.4%. And it's just this year or is it the spring? Does it it say? It says, just says heading into 2022. This this article came out uh, just a couple days ago, February 7th. So yeah, they originally um, forecasted 11%. Home values would climb 11% this year, but now they're saying 16.4% between December 2021 and December 22. And we're already seeing I that, aren't like we? It. We were talking about this today in our team I feel meeting. like it too. Uh, we had a team mm-hmm. meeting this morning and we were kind of talking about like 
what we're all seeing in the marketplace. And we've got some team members in New Jersey and some working the burbs and some working the city. And like, are we seeing the same thing across the board? And for the most part, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's down to lack of inventory. So if the inventory is low, the prices are going to spike because there's more buyers than there are sellers, you know, and those those properties are, you know, hard to come by. So everyone's after them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's early on in the year, but, uh, you know, just by, you know, comping a couple properties, a couple listings I'm working on and I'm comping and then all of a sudden, you know, in the next few and then in a few days after that, you know, stuff's popping at you know, crazy high numbers where I was like, wait a minute, what's that about? And I didn't really realize this until the meeting today and everyone was talking about it. And I was like, oh man, I'm Mm -hmm. seeing it too. Like it's early in the year and it was only like a couple properties, but I mean, I, I, I think that could be accurate. Yeah. So they said, uh, this article goes on to say, uh, you know, to paint a picture in January, there were just, because this is a February article. So in January, there were just over 923,000 U.S. homes listed for sale, okay? Well, that's down 40.5% from the pre-pandemic level in January 2020, 2020, and down 19.5% January 2021. So it's just slim pickings, that's crazy. super competitive, which that's just raises number. your value. It's it's why it's interesting. But then it was like, if you if you go back in time to twenty twenty, you were like, I mean, January twenty twenty, we didn't really, we you still didn't know. I mean, life was, you know, I feel like it was still, you know, we were. It was typical. It was chill. Like you heard whatever. March, by it was March. March. By yeah, March, March, it was getting crazy. So like, if those were the numbers in January, and then you think like. Okay, March came. I didn't. I didn't expect anyone to go anywhere, and they they and they did. And a lot of people were were moving and shaking, and and you know, wanting bigger or wanting more remote or wanting more suburban, whatever. So who knows what this year's like? Who knows what people are really going to want? Still, like you never really know. Everyone tries to figure it out, and they try and they look at the data. But like, I still think real estate is a feeling at the same time. So. It's February. You want to look at it, but it's a feeling. We're going to know in the spring, and yet it's hard, and it's slim pickings. But if you want to move and you're motivated, it's going to happen. You just have to like really go with your gut. That's just for me. It's a feeling. Well, we feel it. Well, we feel it on the street first. And I said this before. It's like I could feel – I I know when it's crazy busy just by feeling it because the data takes time to catch up. You got to get through the month to be able to look back on really like the totals, but don't forget guys. Also it's, it's inventory, but don't forget rates Mm -hmm. are creeping up and then the feds talking about increasing rates. So that talks all we, we, this has been put off for years with these low rates. So I think that fear also is, is causing buyers to come out of the woodwork. And actually we talked about this last year too, because Philly died off a little bit it slowed up like May of 2021, and we were talking about this at our meeting then, and it was like we we think that all the buyers that were getting outbid, because there was all these crazy multiples going on, offers on a property, we were saying that we thought that all those renters got so fed up that they re-rent it for the year, so that we thought it was going to, the spring fatigue. was going to be crazy, yeah. but I'm already seeing, mm-hmm. yes, exactly, and we're already seeing it now, but I think it could be because rates are, are creeping up that the renters are starting early 
because their their leases would have been up in like mm-hmm. April May, but I think they're just they're just ready to go because they're like, oh my god, it's it's up a point from uh, January. What yeah. are they at right now? What's the average? Three point six two five. Okay, so that's I mean, the rates still are still low. In, it's creeping near four. So, that is lower. Low. Yeah, it is. But when you were hearing right. two, but two a couple months ago, like and now you're close two to was four. Insane. Two was like so short lived and not realistic. You know how buyers think. Oh, yeah, I, I totally. was getting quotes totally. for like three one seven five, and buyers were like, "Do you think I can get two seven five? And I'm like, "Jesus." Here's a PSA. <laughs> I am th- in my thirties. I own three houses. My first house I bought in 2016, and my interest rate was four. My second house, which uh, is the house I live in, our original interest rate was 3.75. Great credit, you guys. So mm-hmm. no, uh, none of that. We wouldn't expect anything less. Investment, you know. <laughs> I oh, qualify. I don't know. I, don't know. No. <laughs> I got questions. Investment properties are at a four or five. All of those, I don't care, full, fully transparent, full disclosure. Those are the interest rates, and everything's great. So if you can get a 2.79, go for it. God bless. But I don't think that that's normal. Like no. I had one I just client who had an interest rate in the twos. Yeah. I was just talking to a lender at Settlement uh, on Friday, last Friday, and he was like, the twos – Twos were almost silly. Like it's like free money at this point. Like yeah. they're, it's yeah. not no, coming it back it's to crazy. that. But when no, I first exactly. started in real estate, you know, when I would run buyer closing cost numbers, we used seven for everything. Seven was the number, and that was only yeah. in two thousand five. My first house was in the sixes, and I thought, well, that was really great <laughs> because every you know we were using seven as the number when we would run closing cost yeah. numbers. I had six point five mm-hmm. on my house. There you go. My body. I yeah. think it. People need to know that. And that it wasn't that long ago, because I think, you know, sometimes you're like, your parents are like, oh, it was 13 when I bought, but, and yeah. that was, you know, 30 years ago, but this wasn't that long ago when it was in the sixes and yep. sevens. It's manageable. To be under four is amazing. I don't know what the future holds, but. Don't. You should, no. You look like you might. I do not. I'm drinking a Modelo. I'm wearing a Carhartt beanie. You got a beanie. And one. you know what? I, you know, I, I, I'm going to watch I some Law and Order later. I love you too. So, <laughs> just kidding. I'm probably going to watch some Salt Lake City Housewives spill. So, anyway. Well, I'm kind of into that one, actually. <gasps> I'm Name one character. One. Name one cast member on that show. Right, I will buy here. you a beer. Really? Just say Jen Shaw. Oh, oh, she's my least favorite. But okay, yeah. hey, so. Bill. <laughs> I like Whitney anyway. Rose. Yeah, Whitney Rose. Oh, she. I do. I like anyway, her. She's I know she's her- a little. They're all like wacky though. So there's one named Lisa Barlow yeah. who just eats Taco Bell. Yeah, and and she's a stick. She's total, so thin. Total stick. And I'm and just she drinks like, like big giant like big gulp sodas like coke yeah. not yes. even a diet coke but like yes. a coke and a ta- yes. and taco bell and like fast food and she's i don't know how she does it but i don't know but god must bless be her jeans she she has great hair too so i'm not she does sure how she has such shiny hair but whatever hey god bless okay <laughs> eating fast god. food <laughs> my hair would be falling out she's been to taco bell just saying she's been to taco bell yeah <laughs> yeah, so. yeah yeah all right ladies we have to get out of here Thanks again to Jen Jordan for coming on and talking to us about her services for Airbnb. We appreciate that. Ladies, let's get out of here. Have a good weekend.